Truth is, I am Iron Man. I solemnly swear that I am up to no good. What is going on? What are you doing? To infinity and beyond! This is the way. The flux capacitor! Is Star Wars the one with the little wizard boy? Chewie, we're home. Avengers! Assemble. Ah, oh, chills. Literal chills. Hello, fellow fans. United We Fan, the podcast. United with me is my co-host, the Galleon Brian. Hey, Brian. Hey, everyone. We hope you all enjoyed last week's episode where we talked about the Star Wars prequels. Hopefully, we showed you that the Force is pretty strong with the prequels. And if they aren't high on your list, maybe it's time to see the light side of them. On this week's episode, we take you on a trip to the land of adventure where you can also ride the movies. We are discussing the Universal theme parks. But first... Thank you all for uniting with us here on CKCC Radio as we talk about all things fandom. CKCC Radio is our home, so please spread your support to the rest of the channel. They have podcasts ranging from wrestling talk shows, episode reviews of The Simpsons, Disney animated movie rankings, motivational moves, music retrospectives, real paranormal talk, racing nerd podcasts, binge casts for binging shows, and many, many more. You can listen to all of us on Apple, Spotify, Podbean, and most podcast locations. So check it out. Let's see. We have a fan thank you this week. Thank you, Fidel, for reaching out to say you enjoyed the fourth episode where we talked about the world of Dr. Seuss. That was a fun one for us. So thanks for checking it out. In Mark and Brian's World News, we both recently checked out a new podcast called Blockbuster, created by Matt Schrader, who did Score film music documentary and score the podcast season one is about the very early friendship of steven spielberg and george lucas the podcast is done in a very creative way like you're listening to a movie or an old school radio show production i honestly forgot i was just listening to it and felt like i was watching a movie season two just started and is about terminator and titanic director james cameron i'll be back this podcast will be unlike anything you've heard before i promise and in other news, Brian, we have a recent update about Star Wars Celebration, which I know is very close to you. What is it? Yeah, so Star Wars Celebration, just after we uh, recorded our podcast last week, uh, they have officially canceled Star Wars Celebration 2020. Star Wars Celebration has been pushed not only one year, but two years. It's going to be in August of 2022, keeping it in Anaheim, California. Um, the good news is, is uh, Reed Pop, who runs that convention, they're allowing you to either refund your tickets or simply move your tickets to the new event, which is what I've, I've selected to do. So I'm headed to Anaheim in August of 2022. Oh, that makes me really sad because I know you've talked about it quite a bit and I, I always say I want to go. So <laughs> I guess I have two years to get everything in place so that maybe I can join you. But yeah, that's indeed. sad. It is definitely worth checking out. It's it's a whole lot of fun. But if you listen to that Blockbuster podcast, it's hard to believe that Star Wars turned into what it's turned into, especially with Star Wars Celebration when George Lucas thought that that thing was just going to fall flat on its face. So check out that Blockbuster podcast to learn more about Star Wars. But Well, James Cameron, director James Cameron, was in line to see Star Wars at the Chinese Theater in Hollywood. George Lucas was across the street in a hamburger. So they were literally right there together. Just fun facts like that. Well, life hasn't been all bad, Mark. It's been, we're starting to get a little bit more uh, back to normal. The Premier League soccer just started back up. So I'm pretty excited Yay. about that. Go Reds. Um, 
but on the uh, on YouTube you can find Yella's Marble Runs Y E L L E, <laughs> and it is the Marble League, and that they have twenty teams of marbles that compete in all different kinds of competitions. And I am very very passionate about the Marble League. It's truly giving me what sports fix I'm looking for. Uh, go Team Hazers! I love the Marble League. So that's back on YouTube. Opening ceremonies, lighting the torch this afternoon, um, and it'll be on YouTube later uh, later this week. So lots of good stuff going on there. I I have to check it out just for the curiosity, but I will admit, every time you said marbles, I kept thinking of our Spielberg episode with Toodles. So <laughs> I've lost my marbles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, my the, <laughs> the Marble League is, uh, like I said, it's given you that sports fix. They've even come, they've even come together with Formula One and oh. other other ways where they're trying to. They have literally sponsored the marbles with individual teams like Nissan and Porsche and all that kind of stuff. They've wow. gotten the F- Formula One commentators doing these races just because nobody else has anything better to do without any sports. So, uh, but the I'm telling you, Marble League. J-E-L-L-E, Yella. It is on YouTube. You will not regret it. All right. Definitely check that out, fans. In our local Facebook polls, I don't have one, sadly, for anyone, but I'm currently working on finding out everyone's favorite 80s movies. So stay tuned for that. Brian, though, this week is Father's Day. So happy Father's Day to everyone out there, including you, Brian. Happy Father's Day. You did one involving your Mount Rushmore of favorite on-screen fathers. So who made your cut? I think I would have to also say Happy Father's Day to my dad, who I know listens to every episode as well. So Happy Father's Day, Dad. Uh, But my Father's Day, Mount Rushmore, uh, I tried to represent – it was on-screen fathers in general. When I first started my Mount Rushmores, the actually very first one I did was sitcom dads. um, And that was a fun topic as well. But I did all on-screen dads for Father's Day. And my list of four was Daniel Hillard, uh, Robin Williams' character from Mrs. Doubtfire, mm-hmm. Uncle Phil from The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, yeah. uh, Brian Mills from Taken. I feel like he should be <laughs> Hall of Fame of all fathers out there. Um, I was also trying to represent a few more films than I was television. Um, and then the last one, uh, jumping into the cartoon world, uh, sure, honorable mention to Goofy. He definitely uh, received, or deserves a call out there. Uh, there were some other honorable mentions of Tim the Toolman Taylor. Uh, yeah, uh, but I landed on Bandit Healer from the show Bluey. If you know Bluey, you know that this guy is the greatest cartoon dad of all time. If you don't know Bluey, go to Disney Plus, check it out. It's a really funny show, and he's the best character on it. Liam Neeson from Taken. That one when I read that answer, I I just I was shocked. I loved that answer, and then. When I saw Bandit from Bluey, I, I'm not going to lie. At first, I was like, I need a refresher on that one. So good answers. Tim Taylor from Home Improvement. He was my honorable mention. Um, my cut was Jonathan Kent from Smallville. I loved him. And then I kind of bent your role a little bit and did two from This Is Us. Jack and Randall. I just think they're amazing dads. From The Wizarding World, I picked Mr. Weasley. Arthur Weasley, shout out to you. I had his wife on mine for Mother's Day, so they belong for sure. Yeah. And then my last one, it actually was Tim Taylor from Home Improvement, but then last minute he got pushed out by 
Jim's dad from American Pie. I know (laughs) those films aren't family friendly, but um, he just goes above and beyond for Jim. So and it's Eugene Levy. Come on. You know, I I feel like we need to call out Mufasa and uh, Scott Lang from the Ant-Man movies. He he deserves an honorable mention as well. So, yeah. I agree. Agree with that. And yeah, once again, happy Father's Day. My dad listens as well. I'm very lucky to have a great one like him. So thank you all the fathers out there. And I hope you have a good week. If we you ever mentioned Danny Tanner. Oh, I, I saw him like way down on your list. Someone commented him and I don't know how I forgot Full House Danny Tanner. So he was, on my, someone... sit- he was on my sitcom dad one, but just not this one. Okay. Now, if you ever wanted to ride the movies or visit adventure, this episode is about just that. This week, Brian and I are discussing the Universal theme parks. I'm currently an annual pass holder and a big fan of those parks for a very long time. Such a big fan. I even worked there as a team member. It was a great honor of mine. I got to be part of the opening team for phase one of the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. So tons of memories for me. Sit back and enjoy as we talk about everything from rides, holiday events, shows, food, and merchandise. I think when we talk about theme parks, whether it's Disney or Universal, you got to talk about the memories. So let's start there, Brian. You have a memory or two that you want to share with the class? My memories of Universal don't go back near as far. Um, And when Mark and I, when we were talking about doing this particular podcast, we were going to do theme parks in general. And then we realized how much we wanted to talk about Universal and Disney. So we actually split up those those two episodes. Uh, So my but my memories of of Universal don't go back near as far just because I'd never been until the first time until five or six years ago. So but when we do talk about those limited memories, I want to talk about my very first time going. I was right when we moved to the Orlando area. My wife is a giant Harry Potter fan. And just getting to walk into that Diagon Alley section and just seeing her face just light up as if it was just something she'd never seen before. It's like me walking onto the the Death Star or something like that. Like she just absolutely lit up. And that's kind of my coolest memory of, of Universal Studios. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, for me, um, I have different ones, I guess, for different parts of... I guess being the Harry Potter fan, the first time I got to go into the Wizarding World um, as a team member there, you know, before the curtains open and you could see it, that was a great memory. And then I remember one night after working Halloween Horror Nights, the park was pretty much empty. And me being the film nerd that I am, walking around the New York street set area, felt like I was walking onto a, a movie set. And that was just a great memory for me. And then I guess as a guest, it would be when I remember going and they had the Ghostbuster attraction there and I was huge into Ghostbusters. So getting to see that, getting to see the Ecto-1 driving around, that was just a great childhood memory for me. And one more memory I just thought of actually while we were, while we were talking about this. Uh, one, uh, during that, uh, my 30th birthday, my wife and I went to Universal and we were riding the Jurassic Park ride. And right at the part mm-hmm. where you're at the top of that eight-story drop and the T-Rex Ugh. comes out to get you, there was a, yep. a kid in his 20s that had won a stuffed monkey at, like, the carnival games that they have <laughs> in Jurassic Park. And he held it straight up in the air like he was 
Simba be, being held up by Rafiki, you know, and oh. the guy comes over the loudspeaker oh. with the security camera and goes, put the monkey down. And the guy just <laughs> tucked it under his arm. And, and that was pretty funny. That's something I'll always remember. Jurassic Jurassic Park, obviously, I love the film, so I do the ride. Not a big fan of the end portion there. I, I, if you ever see a photo of me, it looks kind of like I'm praying. Hold on to your butts. One thing that Brian and I both share a huge love and appreciation for at Universal is their Halloween event, Halloween Horror Nights. I've been going every year for quite a while. I had the pleasure of working it several years, even as a character one year. Brian, you got a favorite house or show that comes to mind? I hadn't been to Halloween Horror Nights until two years ago. Um, and Mark, I know you have a bit of a, a passion on Stranger Things being what brought a bunch of extra people to the event. Um, but that's really what's, what suckered me in the first year they did the Stranger <laughs> Things house. And that was really cool. Um, but they had the Poltergeist house that year, too. Oh, that was a whole yeah. lot of fun. And then this past year, they had Stranger Things again. But it wasn't quite the headliner, the Ghostbusters one. Not as scary so much, but it was really cool. to. You talked about being a, a Ghostbusters fan. It was really cool going into, going into Ghostbusters as well. Um, that's a really, really fun event. Um, yeah. And I'm just afraid it's not an event we're going to be able to to do in 2020 just because it's so much more fun with the number of people and the groups that you can go with and stuff like that. But I really hope we don't, we get something of Halloween horror nights again this year. Yeah. I mean, all I keep hearing lately is horror nights is still full steam ahead. So we're going to keep hoping now for everyone who doesn't know, Brian and I got into a laugh because I stranger things for Halloween horror nights. It, it was enjoyable to walk through the season. I'm not saying it's a bad thing and the production value on the house is great but they just made it the focal point, and I was just like, okay, it doesn't, it's not the focal point for me, but it did bring people to Halloween Horror Nights. It suckered me into Halloween Horror Nights, and I'll never skip a year again. Turn around, look at what you see. I was hired as a character to be in the Dead Silence house. If you've never seen that movie, please watch it. It's from the filmmakers who did Saw. Um, Donnie Wahlberg is in it. Such a good underrated horror flick. That's up there. I remember the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre house. That was pretty intense. Also, there was a Freddy Cougar house where you went to the sleep clinic. The Ghostbuster house recently I loved because you literally just stepped into the movie, got to go into the firehouse, everything about it I loved. You're right, it wasn't the scariest house, but it was great to step in there. And the then, library, the library scene of the Ghostbusters house was my favorite part. That was really uh, cool with the card catalog and all that. Yep, that part was good. And then definitely a big shout out to the Poltergeist house, not only because it is it a Spielberg house, but I remember that whole year, nothing had really gotten me to jump. And then it was about, I think, the second to last night. And I had just waited a little over an hour. I was tired. And we went into that house. And I just, I remember it was like a quiet scene in there. Nothing was happening. And then I started to wander my mind because I was tired. And then a scare got me. It took to the second last night, and it was the Poltergeist house that finally got me. So, good stuff. If you've never been to Halloween Horror Nights, highly recommend it. 
They used to have the Bill and Ted show that was a favorite of mine. Sadly, that's no longer there. They even at one point did a Rocky Horror Live that I loved. The shows I miss as well, but yeah, definitely the streets and the characters and the houses love all of that. Well, I guess since we're talking about kind of things that are dead, Brian, do you have a favorite no longer attraction? I know you heard me talk a lot about Ghostbusters. I love the show. I remember the second version of it. It's on YouTube. Check it out where you were recruited to be a Ghostbuster. Rick Moranis' character showed everybody why they should be a Ghostbuster and sign up. And then you went into like a theater type setting where unfortunately Walter Peck decides to shut down the containment unit and the Ghostbusters have to come in and save the day. They even had the car driving around. It was great. But yeah, Brian, you got a favorite no longer attraction? I am the key master. Are you the gatekeeper? <laughs> like I like I talked about with my memories, I don't have I haven't been going to Universal enough to have really closed many things down. Uh, yeah. The Terminator, the Terminator show, I, I'm gonna miss that show. Um, Love I, Terminator. I do like the Jason Bourne movies, uh, so I'm I'm excited to see what they do with this Jason Bourne show. But it's not going to quite be what the Terminator was. But I'm hearing great ahead. things about it. Oh, so, good. Yeah, I know it just launched this yeah, week. So yeah, and I know I tried to get in the other day, and sadly it didn't happen. But I have been hearing nothing but great things. I want to say I've been hearing nothing but universal praise for it. No. Okay. Go on. Um, but uh, I again, I don't. I haven't been around long enough. But everything I see on YouTube, the one attraction I never got to go on that I really wish I had gotten to go on is the Twister attraction that was uh. replaced. That was replaced by the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon attraction. <laughs> which the Jimmy Fallon, the queue line, the lobby, all the Tonight Show callbacks, and just everything upstairs, really cool. The attraction, a little bit underwhelming for me. Uh, but the queue line itself, so maybe it's not a bad replacement, but everything I've seen of the Twister attraction just seemed like it was a whole lot of fun. I grew up around tornadoes and that kind of stuff, so quote-unquote fond memories of, of Twisters, and, but I just like that movie of a cow, another cow, and <laughs> I just really like the movie Twister. I really wish I had gotten to go on that attraction. I think you've been on it, right, Mark? Is it, am I missing something? Uh, no, uh, I agree. Jimmy Fallon is a beautiful building the lobby you have the ragtime gals in the middle there singing away all that's entertaining the ride itself i i enjoy it but i do see what others are why it's not so high on others list twister i remember as a kid twister used to be a really scary experience especially when that tornado siren went off i was able to see the attraction and experience it multiple times so once again, if you get a chance, check that out on YouTube. I do miss that attraction and seeing Bill Paxton talk about the finger of God. So, <laughs> yeah, those are no longer with us. They still have tons of great attractions that are with us. Brian, do you have like a, a top three or maybe even a, a Mount Rushmore of current attractions that you have to do? And there's one attraction that I always have to do, and that's the Amazing Adventures of Spider-Man. Uh, Universal definitely found... Uh, something that worked there and they know it because they replicated it with like three or four other attractions, including transformers and, and other rides like that. But the amazing adventures of Spider-Man, I love that attraction of all the Harry Potter rides forbidden journey at Hogwarts. 
that is my favorite Harry Potter attraction just because it, it brings in so many different kinds of, of ride technology that you don't get to see very often. Underrated is the Hogwarts Express, the way that you can travel yeah. between park to park. That is a really, really neat attraction. I really like that. And then for me, I really like the Mummy, the Mummy uh, roller coaster. Uh, yeah. That one, that one is a lot of fun. I like it better here in Orlando than in Hollywood. I have done the one in Hollywood as well, which that one you just go forward and then you take the exact same track backwards. Um, this, the one here in Orlando, has a little bit more variety to it. But uh, those are kind of my four favorites, if you will. Oh God! If we're gonna bring up Universal Hollywood, I got to give a shout out to their Waterworld stunt show. Yeah, probably one of the yes. best stunt shows orchestrated I have ever seen. So, bravo to them for that. It's show. also it's also the rare show that is as good as the movie, probably. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, Brian, you'll appreciate this. Um, the same stunt unit team that handle the Waterworld stunt show is also working with universal here for the born show so it's a great team yeah i you and i are very have a lot in common um forbidden journey not just because i opened that ride i love that ride walking through the hogwarts castle that's a one of mine on my mount rushmore the amazing adventures of spider-man i never get tired of that one that's definitely on there and then the men in black ride i love the men in black ride i luckily was an mib agent for only a couple months but it's just i never get tired of the men in black ride and then always trying to get a different score there's even a little hidden steven spielberg head on one of the aliens and then probably for my last one i'm gonna give a shout out to the horror makeup show i those guys and ladies all the actors and actresses are hilarious there and they always bring something different to each show I caught one recently because of COVID-19. You know, they had to modify the show a little bit, and they they didn't lose any of the humor. Still a hum- like hilarious show. When you talk about Forbidden Journey, that uh, that queue line is one of the absolute best queue lines of, of any ride in existence. For me, it's second only to Star Wars Rise of the Resistance at Hollywood Studios now, but that's just because of where my loyalties lie. But <laughs> yeah. I that just getting to go through the Hogwarts castle and see all the different kinds. They really knew what fans wanted to see and they put you right into those. Even when you're standing in line, it's really cool. Now I will admit I am a Gryffindor. So walking through the Gryffindor common room is a treat for me, but I have quite a bit of Slytherin and Hufflepuff friends and even some Ravenclaws that wish they could have walked through or caught a glimpse of their common rooms in the queue. But overall that the queue is just so beautiful. I'm told I'm Team Hufflepuff as well. So I can see that. Well, we can save that definitely for that upcoming Harry Potter episode. Breaking news: Harry Potter episode coming soon. But um, yeah, we can save that one for that one. So does that mean favorite land? Is it the Wizarding World, Hogsmeade, Diagon Alley, or is it going to be Marvel's Superhero Island? Which one's your favorite? From stepping into the movies, you can't do much better than. Uh, really Hogsmeade or Diagon Alley. Diagon Alley is especially, that's a really neat land, especially going through the brick wall and all that kind of stuff. Where my, where I am partial to is definitely the Marvel superhero Island. Uh, Hulk. I wish I liked that roller coaster more. I just get, I just get a bigger headache than I usually do. And I'm not anti roller coaster by any stretch of the imagination, but (laughs) being a, being a giant Marvel fan, uh, I'm, 
I would definitely lean more toward uh more toward Marvel Superhero Island, but stepping into the movies, I don't think anybody's ever done it better than than the Harry Potter, the Wizarding Worlds. Agreed. Yeah, with the Wizarding World, you can tell every theme park took notice of what it takes to up the ante. You know, it was a great immersive experience. Hogsmeade and Diagon Alley. I... They're too immersive to the point where it's hard to manage crowds in there. That's kind of my biggest concern with them. Uh, concern maybe not the right term, but that's just when you get a lot of people in those areas, those doorways are tight, those alleys are tight. Um, and I do expect both of those lands to be unseated by Mar- uh, Super Nintendo World when that gets built at uh, Epic Universe that they're that they're building now. That The pictures that we're getting out of Japan um, and the Super Nintendo World out there, that is going to be really, really cool. Yeah, that's going to be pretty exciting as well. And I know they're going to have pictures are up for it, the American Wizarding World over there at their epic universe that'll be exciting i definitely i feel like marvel superhero island just getting photos with those characters riding the rides the merchandise even the fantastic four cafe is cute and fun um if you're ever over there go to the captain america cafe they have cherry pie and apple pie over there it's so good now don't get me wrong i love the wizarding world but i just get maybe one more goosebump walking through Marvel Superhero Island. Jurassic Park we didn't even mention, and it deserves at least a call-out for how cool it is, too. Oh, God, when you hear that John Williams theme playing, I'm there. I'm always there for that. So, Although, John Williams plays through a lot of Universal, so I I enjoy the music of (laughs) a lot of Universal. In Jurassic Park right now, they're building a roller coaster that they still have yet to officially announce. So that's something we got to look forward to as well. And it does look pretty wicked. So it's going to be a good one. Well, speaking of, I brought up cherry and apple pies. Brian, you got a favorite universal food or snack restaurant, maybe? As I mentioned, uh, and I think it was our Dr. Dr. Seuss episode where I I don't venture out in the food market very much. Um, And the same goes for that so don't listen to my opinions on food very much (laughs) but when it comes to like the snacks and stuff like that the chocolate frog from the wizarding world is really cool the uh, every flavor beans um i have family that really enjoys playing that game i will throw up if i play that game for too long (laughs) uh but there i mean the chocolate frog is cool and of course the butter beer um i like the frozen better than the regular butter beer um, but Mark, we were discussing butterbeer and I've apparently missed a butterbeer snack that exists out there. You have no idea what you're missing. Butterbeer ice cream. It's soft serve. It's over in the Diagon Alley area and it's served in a freshly made waffle cone. Uh, amazing. It's definitely one of my go-to snacks when I go there. I love also eating in the two Wizarding World restaurants. Probably... The only other restaurant I enjoy just as much, and I know it's going to sound weird, is over in the Simpsons area. The, the Krusty Burger is so good there. They put it like a, a special kind of syrup mayo on the burger. I know it sounds weird, but it's so good. Um, you also have the Krusty. Sorry, that's on the chicken and waffles. But the Krusty Burger, you have the Krusty Sauce, which is so good. And then Zap Cola. My always go-to treat, no matter how I'm feeling, is the Butterbeer Ice Cream. You know, my uh, my favorite restaurant over there for my birthday a couple years ago, my wife and I stayed at the Portofino Bay 
uh, one oh. of the Universal hotels, and then we we splurged a little bit on. You talked about the Fantastic Four Cafe, the Baxter Building. There, they had yeah. a superhero character meal. Um, so it was just me and my wife, and Spider Man came to the table, and Cyclops, and Storm, and Rogue, and Wolverine wasn't there that day. Um, but yeah, getting Marvel characters to come to my table, I was turning thirty, I think, and it was still like the coolest thing I've ever done in my life. Yeah, actually, you know what? The Portofino Hotel is my favorite theme park hotel. And let's do Mount Rushmore as Brian. For me, on my Mount Rushmore for Universal, their hotels, I love Portofino. The Hard Rock is a lot of fun because they have the just the blasting music. Even in the pool, you're swimming under the water, you can hear the music. Uh, Ventura is a lot of fun. So the Universal Resorts would be on my route, Mount, ooh, Mount Rushmore. I can talk. Halloween Horror Nights obviously is on my Mount Rushmore, The Wizarding World, and Marvel Superhero Island. I think those would be my four aspects of Universal. Yeah, I uh, one thing I do like about Universal is sometimes it's nice to just be an adult more so than you can over at Disney. Um, and that's that's part of the reason why when we do have annual passes, it's usually just me and my wife, our kids. There's not as much for them over at, at Universal, but we were able to go to the Hard Rock Cafe um, a little while ago, and we actually saw a live performance of Whose Line Is It Anyway? Um, oh. And that was that was super fun. Um, yeah. And they, uh, like, it's, you just get to do stuff like that. Um, and Universal gets acts coming to the Hard Rock Cafe and comedy acts and music acts and stuff like that that you just don't always always get in other places. And that's kind of the funnest part of being the center of the theme park universe here in, here in Florida. So that's pretty fun, too. But yeah, just over at Universal, there's a lot of cool stuff. Uh, I really like the wands that you can buy um, for the Wizarding World. The fact that you can stand. My only problem with the wands is so many people have them now that it takes <laughs> a long time to be able to get to do the the RFID stuff with the wands. But the kind of stuff that you can do with those virtual interactive wands, making it rain or making something do a flip in a window or something like that. There's a lot of cool merchandise that that Universal Studios has, too, that, that they don't have other places. Agreed, yeah. I I remember at first I wasn't going to get a wand, and now I have four. So, <laughs> And then on my birthday, I was selected to be chosen for a wand. The wand chooses the wizard, Mr. Potter. So that was a great experience for me, and I didn't really understand the excitement that came with the interactive wands until I had one. And like you said, you can make things rain. Uh, there's a music box you can turn on. The wands, I, I love the wands. I, I think they are definitely, and you're probably going to gasp at this, I think they are on the same level as amazingness as buying a lightsaber from I Disney. I knew you were going to say it. I knew you were going to say it. So, But the Wizarding World and Marvel Superhero Island both have taken a lot of my money I know I was excited when they started selling the Gryffindor Quidditch sweater. That was one of the first things I couldn't wait to buy, having seen it in the movie. And then <laughs> pretty much whenever I see something Captain-ish over in Marvel, I, I, of course, have to buy it. So, And, of course, no Universal podcast episode would be complete without us talking about the E.T. adventure. I know it's a... a fan favorite for how good the queue smells and i will admit every time i enter that building or even walk by and i get a whiff of it i'm a big fan of the et adventure smell but i also do enjoy the ride quite a bit even i still get the giggles when i hop in the front row and i get the bike with et 
but I know it's not the most popular ride, and Brian, you have some emotions about it. I don't know if emotions is the right word. It is a very good smell, though, that's for sure. But <laughs> we've already talked about the whole Stranger Things thing. The bikes just seem made for a Stranger Things attraction, but I understand uh. you're... I have an attachment to a few attractions, rest in peace, Mr. Toad, of things Aww. that just don't exist anymore. So I, I completely understand where you're coming from. So let it stick around as long as possible. It doesn't break my heart. I do love the old school aspect of the E.T. adventure. It does remind me of, um, say, some of the older Magic Kingdom Fantasyland rides like Peter Pan and whatnot. So I guess the nostalgia reason is why I love it. I love it when E.T. says your name, um, whenever you're flying over the cop and he goes, they're flying. Or when you end up on E.T.'s home planet, spoiler alert, and um, you have the one alien who's like, welcome home, you've arrived. So all of that just means a lot to me, and not just because I'm a huge Spielberg fan. I just really enjoy the ride. But definitely, if you get the chance, even if you don't want to ride the ride, go and smell that cue. One more attraction I wanted to ask you about is the Rip Ride Rocket. Um, when you ride that attraction, what uh, what particular songs do you like to choose from? Rip Ride Rocket is one of the few rides that I can only do so much of. But I did enjoy uh, Beastie Boys. Sabotage is my go-to one on that. And then, of course, I found out that they had hidden tracks. So if you aren't familiar with that, you get to select a song that you ride to, and they have hidden tracks, just like on a video game, um, hidden codes. So look that up. But I found out that they had Muppet songs. So I, of course, had to try moving right along. That one that one worked pretty well. And then I had to try Rainbow Connection. I will admit, as much as I enjoy Rainbow Connection, that song did not work with that fast-paced ride. <laughs> so... Whenever I do ride, it's to the Beastie Boys. I didn't know that about the secret tracks. I, I already have enough pressure picking my song every time I go on there. I always end up picking The Devil Went Down to Georgia by the Charlie Daniels Band because I just Ooh. panic and can't pick anything else, and I always default to country music. There's a few Kenny Chesney <laughs> songs on there that, again, just don't really work for the ride itself. So, but the yeah. devil went down to Georgia is always always a good one. But I'm gonna have to try those those hidden tracks. That's pretty funny. I didn't know about that. Yeah, I might have to try yours as well. That's um, that's a good one. And I'm definitely in the same boat. I go in with I try to pre-plan everything, but then just when you get locked in, I think my adrenaline starts kicking in. I thinking clearly is not really a strong suit of mine on that ride. The last thing I do want to apologize to Chris, our CKCC host. I don't enjoy the Simpsons ride very much. I don't know what it is. I just, it doesn't ever work, work for me. I've given it enough chances, but I just, <laughs> it just doesn't work for me. The Simpsons ride, I, I will admit, I can't ride first row on the ends. I get so sick on that ride. You're really, really high in the air. Yeah, I, I don't mind the Simpsons ride, but. I feel like every time I go, nobody's really in the mood to ride it. It's a cute little experience to say you've done it, but you're not alone on it, not being on the top of a lot of people's list. Before we finish this episode, Mark, I need to get your opinion on Hagrid's motorbike adventure, the new roller coaster that they have over at Universal. I have not personally had a chance to ride it. Have you gotten a chance to ride it? What'd you think? 
I I have. Um, so you're riding on a motorbike and a sidecar. So the first time I wrote it, there is a surprise involving Devil Snare. I don't want to say what it is because I didn't know about it. So I think you all should be on the same boat when you ride it. There was a, a big surprise waiting for me mid-ride. I shouldn't have said that. I should not have said that. I definitely enjoy riding the motorbike side. Don't get me wrong. The sidecar is a lot of fun. My best friend, he loves riding the sidecar. But it works out then. Yeah, it's, it is worth the wait. Everything you've heard about it, all the positive things, it's true. That ride is one of the, probably the most unique and best rides you'll ever get a chance to go on. I will say riding it in the evening when things are a little darker is probably the best. That way the lighting effects and everything can look a little prettier. If you like Harry Potter, you like roller coasters, or you just are curious, like you got to do it. So it's a worthy replacement for Dueling Dragons then? Absolutely. Honestly, once the dragons stopped dueling, it, it was time for the dragons to find a new home. And Hagrid is a great gameskeeper, so he's a good home. Well, that concludes our Universal Resort episode of United We Fan the Podcast. Thank you all for uniting with us. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we enjoyed uniting on it. I know I'm probably going to go grab my pass soon and very safely go visit the parks. Next week is the 4th of July, and we'll be celebrating with an episode about the star-spangled man with the plan. That's right, we're discussing Captain America. We're both big fans of Cap, so it seems only right to have our 4th of July episode be about Captain America. You could say, Mark, that we could even do this all day. If you enjoyed this episode, let us know with a rate or review for our listeners with any comments or questions. Drop us a line so we can reply. Brian, tell our listeners how they can message the show and stay up to date on everything UWF. Yeah, you can find us on Instagram. You can reach us on Instagram as well at United We Fan Podcast. Uh, and you can also drop us a line in an email at United We Fan Podcast at gmail.com. We look forward to hopefully hearing from anyone and everyone out there. Thank you, CKCC Radio. Check us out and the many podcasts of CKCC Radio on Apple, Spotify, Podbean, and most podcast locations. Till we unite again, fans, don't forget, friends, fan uniting is universal. Hope you enjoyed yourself. I would have enjoyed this interview a lot more if I had gotten